Welcome to the June 4th edition of PFF Forecast. We're taking a break from being a basketball podcast. We just gave out so many winners. Game one of the NBA Finals, recording this on a Sunday. We're going to talk some NFL win totals. We have some alt lines that are out. So, of course, we're bringing in Judah Fort gang to talk not just uh, alt win totals, but also some season specials uh, for different teams. It's going to be a fun podcast. We'll talk about these a little bit, but we're going to dive in now that they're up. Uh, and we'll close out with a little bit, just a little bit of NBA Finals talk. It's going to be a great podcast. Well, let's rock. I don't know if we could have been more on with, with game one. So I guess we got to take somewhat of a break uh, from the NBA finals. But um, before we get into it, how are you recovering from uh, from that uh, game one? Yeah, I mean, just just money to start out the uh, the, the series. We got, uh, you know, our, our future is looking great with Bam and 25 shots and then Caleb Martin basically non-existent. So now just sitting back, enjoying it. I'm curious, honestly, if the Heat can make this a series. I know they just didn't shoot well, but... Like that was the most casual triple double I think I've ever seen in my entire life from Nikola Jokic. So casual. I, I feel like I got um pretty lucky because one of the the bets that I made on on the pod last week on on uh, Monday um or Wednesday I can't remember which one was that Jokic points rebounds assists and um, got it at, at fifty and a half. Yeah, I ended up with fifty one. I thought it was kind of unlucky to go that low because he had some lulls during the game and, and barely took some shots any shots in the first half. Um, but it will be very interesting to see what, what game two looks like. We'll talk about that a little bit at the end, obviously recording this on a Sunday. So most of you listening will just be able to either laugh at us uh, because we were wrong or um, go, wow, those guys are super sharp. Uh, make sure I join the uh, the Discord so I can get in on, uh, on all of their basketball bets going forward. Um, it is a good reminder before we get into it, you should join the PFF Printing Press Discord because not just men's basketball, but women's basketball, the WNBA. Ben Brown, who we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, has been posting his uh, WNBA model uh, picks for every single uh, day of the WNBA season in that Discord. He's been on absolute fire. I don't know how many units he's up total. I think last weekend it was like 3.5 or something like that. So it's been fantastic. It's a great way to stay engaged during the uh, during the offseason. And of course, if you have not yet subscribed to our new YouTube channel, do so as well. We're posting all of the uh, podcast episodes on that one channel will be dedicated to that. Um, so be two good ways to kind of get involved and get uh, into the community. Um, let's let's get into it here and let's talk a little bit about uh, some alt win totals. So Judah, this was something that we talked about when we discussed win totals early on uh, when they first came out that, you know, betting either side of a win total, you're getting, you know, pretty close to even odds. You know, sometimes it's juiced a little bit one way or the other, but if you have, um, you know, a, a kind of uh, read on a team or you have a take on a team, usually you want to um, you want to get more of a payoff for being right. So talk a little bit about how you like to play uh, these all win totals. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's mostly it that like if you have some conviction to start with, that means you probably think the price is not just a little bit off, but a lot off. Uh, and with that, you can kind of push it further down and like yeah, if you think a team is projected for like, let's say eight wins as opposed to eight and a half wins, it's probably worthwhile to take seven and a half given the volatility of games and the fact that like 
you can get more money for being right. Uh, right, it's probably going to be like eighty dollars uh, in the sense, of like going from minus one ten to plus one seventy, whatever it is. Um, so that's kind of the the general approach. Um, which is like I would like to push to get the more money rather than like having a a no sweat bet. Um, but also like there are often times where you can almost play at tails rather than, uh, you know, like projecting the mean outcome, which is going to be the you know minus one ten. If you have a uh, a theory on a team or a player that's going to be like, I think that like Sam Howell is going to break out this year. Uh, and as opposed to like, if you're right and you just like bet they're over at six and a half, like great. You were right on that thesis, but you could have been so much more right. You really can capitalize. Uh, if you kind of take that tail and say like, I want to take their eight and a half or nine and a half. And obviously they're different markets to kind of express that conviction, but alt lines are, uh, and, and all totals are a great way uh, to kind of express that. Brad, I assume you've taken uh, all Chicago Bears overs. It is on, on my list that we're going to get to in a second here. But also, I should say, Judah was the one who brought that up last time we had this conversation. Um, but yes. <laughs> um, no, it, it's a good point, though. You hear this um, discussed. We've talked about it a lot with same game parlays, actually. And I think there's a lot of similarity, Judah, in the way that, that you construct your uh, – your theses around same game parlays with these all uh, uh, win totals where it's like, look, if I'm going to be right, I want to win a lot. And you think about this in investing, um, maybe for better or worse sometimes, but uh, you know, look, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose, you know, one unit, but if I win, I want a chance at winning a hundred units. And um, you know, sometimes that, that people get a little carried away with that, but oftentimes that is what a lot of kind of like early stage uh, investing does look like. Uh, and so I think it's a cool uh, parallel. Let's start, um, Judah, with you then. Um, and take us through your first uh, alt-win total that you like. Yeah, kind of hinted to this. I like the the commies over 8.5 at plus 275. Uh, I think Sam Howell, I've spoken to, we wanted to bet the uh, over-passing yards. Actually, even most passing yards at 150 to want a crazy long shot. Uh, and even if he doesn't get there, which I, which I don't expect that, uh, I think this is a team that is playing in obviously a very weak division and a very weak conference, and they have uh, really, really good wide receivers. Uh, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, and Curtis Sammy will really pop in most of our separation metrics uh, and kind of a bunch of underlying numbers. Uh, if Sam Howell is good, and again, like he's a fifth-round pick, he's a little bit of an unknown, uh, and he throws downfield in a weak division, this is a team, I think, uh, that can kind of take the, the next step and be one of the, the league's better teams. And again, I think it's all about expectation and for a team to win nine games at plus 275, that's not a lot. Not too much has to go right. We can look at the Giants of last year as an example of just like a couple of things going right here or there. Uh, and like you can kind of lock into nine wins. This happens all the time. Uh, and I want to be betting on teams that at least have a potential for their quarterback and wide receivers, which I think is what, uh, for the most part, wins games uh, in 2023. That's the angle I want to be betting on. You know, it's not like a, a defense on a running back, a team that's going to kind of grind out games. That's not what I'm looking to bet on. And for what it's worth, I do think the defense has a lot of really good pieces uh, and, and should be at least a plus unit. I'm not going to, you know, do get into some projections like we did with the Packers last year. I have no idea if they're going to be the 10th best defense, the 20th best defense, but I do want to be betting on a quarterback and wide receiver. And, and at plus 275 for only nine wins, I think that's an attractive bet. I get, uh, I like also how you uh, mentioned, um, the the uh the name of that team um Comics. just just to be clear yeah you have to um the formerly football team uh brad your first bet 
They were on my shortlist as well, so I do like that one. Uh, so I'm going to go with a team that both Timo and Ben Brown highlighted as a team they liked in the regular regular season win total market. I think in part tied to th- this first data point and that it's uh, it's Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the over 10.5 is plus 225. Um, and in ben, ben, ben Brown's first ELO article, which is how we generate our power rankings and look at strength of schedule, mm-hmm. things of that nature, uh, the Steelers actually only had the 21st most difficult strength of schedule. That's uh, because despite being in a good division, they actually catch the AFC South and the NFC West which, you know, two good teams, yes, but also probably two doormats in Arizona and the Rams. So uh, a fairly decent schedule here and kind of the same thing Judah talked about. If you want to buy in on, all right, we're going to have a Kenny Pickett, take that next step as a second-year quarterback. I love what they did in the offseason on both sides of the ball in the trenches. Um, You know, Broderick Jones, you trade up for him. I think also a lot of what they did was very aggressive. You sign Isaac Sumali, you trade it for Broderick Jones, you trade for Allen Robinson, who, yes, is not, you know, the Allen Robinson of old, but is probably their third receiver now. Uh, you have depth at almost every unit outside corner, still a little bit iffy, um, but they did add a couple guys in the draft there. Obviously, the, these fringe first rounder and Joey Porter Jr. It, it's just, you know, if you think they are going to continue with their, their stretch of being, you know, a very competitive football team, if you think Pickett takes that step and they could, you know, win 11, 12 games hypothetically. And I think it's a perfect spot where I don't want to bet the regular number. Uh, I want either they're going to have a great year or, or they're going to, you know, go eight, nine wins and maybe not hit the, the, the standard number here. I like it. Um, I have two uh, that are kind of of the same uh, ilk, and I'm curious how you guys feel about these. So this these are um, teams that I think have a chance, an outside chance of really, really sucking. And I think it's interesting to look at. And by the way, these are on DraftKings. Um, I should have mentioned that at the, at the top here. But uh Basically, they are giving out at all lines from two and a half to, uh, you know, 13 and a half, depending on the team. Um, And so the Cardinals, the Texans and the Colts all have under two and a half win um, uh, options. The Cardinals are plus 290 to go under two and a half. The Texans and the Colts are plus a thousand and plus 11 to one. So, look, they're clearly buying in on the Cardinals are tanking, right? They're going to try and lose games. I think that makes a lot of sense. But for the Colts and the Texans, they've got some really interesting dynamics about these two teams. And I I like Texans under two and a half wins at at 10 to one. And and I'll tell you why. I think all that has to happen for this to be a legit option is for CJ Stroud to stink because he's got to be that team is so void of talent. Okay. And, and they, they pick up Will Anderson. Okay. That's fantastic. He's great. Um, but if they have a rookie, they, they've had some bad quarterback play, but I think CJ Stroud behind that uh, supporting cast has a chance to be outsizedly terrible in his rookie season. Um, we've talked about how bad he was under pressure. We've talked about the S2 score. Um, I think there's a, a narrative there. That it's like a real kind of, you know, disaster. And they have no reason, in my opinion, not to just kind of play it out. Um, now, the the really interesting thing about the, the Texans here is that um, them playing poorly, obviously, they, they have traded their, their first overall pick. So they're going to be trying uh, to win games here. But I'm just kind of taking the narrative of um, a one in 10 chance that CJ Stroud is really, really, really bad. I think there is better than a one in 10 chance that he's really, really, really bad. And in which case I think winning three games um, would be, would be a challenge for them. 
I mean, yeah, the, the the one piece you mentioned I was gonna bring up, which stinks, is like they they'll have all the motivation in the world to avoid the optics of giving yeah. Arizona. Yep. If they had their own pick, still, I like, I, but I still like it. But I would like it even more if that little wrinkle was thrown in as well. I was gonna say the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, Judah, you're up next. Yeah, go with the Bucks. Uh, under four and a half at plus two forty five, uh, and this is one I I spoken about on the podcast. I think. There's really just a, a killer combination here of a quarterback in Baker Mayfield who loves holding on to the ball, was by far the worst at the uh, pressure to sack ratio also, uh, meaning that when he sees pressure, he gets sacked more than any other quarterback by a very wide margin. It's because he takes a long time to throw the ball. And the Bucks offensive line is dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. I think Trishan Wirth Trishan is great. Everyone else is a, uh, a weak link. I don't think there's anyone with like above a, a PFF grade of like 55 uh, or something of that sort. I think this is a, a team, I don't, I don't know how the new offensive coordinator is going to go. This is not a team I think that's going to adapt. Uh, I think they're going to continue to to run the ball, set up uh, kind of poor situations for for Baker Mayfield. And sure, they have Chris, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I think those are receivers who are still good, but are on the decline. This is not a defense with a, a ton of talent. I don't think, yes, the division's weak, but everyone else is going to be looking at the Bucs and saying, this is an opponent we want to play. I mean, look, I could have just said, like, uh, I saw the Twitter video of the quarterback battle for the Bucs with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, and and that was enough. Um, but I think there is some truth that this is not a team that's going to be competitive at all. Those videos have been really impressive, by the way. It looks, uh, it looks bad. Um, and, and to your point, there's this kind of exaggeration uh, between what we saw last year with probably the best quarterback in the NFL at mitigating pressure by understanding what the defense is doing and getting rid of the ball quickly. And and now you're switching over to, to Baker. So it's not just going from like average to bad, right? It's going from like very, very good to bad. And if Brady looked that bad last year, you know, uh, with, with um, how good we know he's been historically, this could be really, really ugly um, for, for Baker and certainly for Kyle Trask as well. Um, Brad, what you got next? Yeah. And they also, you know, trade away, starting a right guard, Shaq Mason, take all defense in the draft. So I don't think they're really even trying to win all that much either. Um, you guys did steal a couple unders I like, so I guess I'll go with another over here. Um, that is the New Orleans Saints. I mentioned them. We did our first run through the regular season wins where I said there's no reason to bet this team on the normal line. You could make a case for the under or the over, I think, on an alternate spread here. But for me, I'm going the over. Uh, it is the over 11 and a half. Uh, and, or let's see here. Yep, 11 and a half plus 270 uh, on DraftKings, as you mentioned. Look, probably in the worst division in football, um, you, you have Derek Carr in a division with a rookie Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter, uh, and the aforementioned Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Uh, they have the easiest strength of schedule in the entire NFL for us. And yes, that stuff obviously changes. It obviously um, you know, fluctuates a, a great degree, but I do think at the extremes, you, you can at least um, take it into consideration. You go look at their schedule. It's comically bad, at least on paper um, as of right now. And, and then... Look, I have concerns about their defense on the interior. Um, you know, their roster is not perfect, but it's it just like they're going to be good enough. And I think they're going to have five free wins in their division potentially. Uh, and they'll be able to carry through here and maybe hit this alternate plus 270. You'd like that. Um, okay. Next one I have uh, is another under. And this is um, Atlanta Falcons under four and a half at eight to one. So, Let's let's think about this for a second. They took Bijan Robinson. Now, Bijan Robinson is the uh, 
you know, the favorite to be rookie of the year. I'm sure he's going to have a good offensive um, uh, stat line come the end of the year. But I don't think that that really leads to winning. And the reason for that is I think Desmond Ritter, it could easily be the worst quarterback in the NFL. If you can't kind of sense it here, my, my trend is to think about, you know, if you have a really terrible quarterback situation, like you're just, you're, you're not going to win a lot of football games and which teams have these huge question marks at quarterback with kind of average to maybe below average teams around them. The Falcons certainly have a better supporting cast than, uh, than the Texans that I just mentioned, but um, Ritter was absolutely horrific last year. He was um, outside of the top 40 in, uh, in accuracy rate last year. Um, it was really pretty ugly. So what are they going to do? Are they going to go and just run the ball up and down the football field on teams? They have a good offensive line. So, you know, that that's great. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to throw the football. And they've invested in Kyle Pitts and Drake London pretty significantly. The problem is, is that if if Desmond Ritter can't throw the football, their two, their two best players are just going to not be, you know, um, uh, contributing to them uh, because Desmond Ritter is just throwing it all over the the, the, the barn. So um, I think that there's a legit chance. And, and here's the thing for the Falcons. If you're looking at that team and you, you think about what they've invested in uh, their offense, right? They, what do they have? They have first round pick at running back, first round pick at tight end, first round pick at wide receiver. What do they not have a first round pick at? Quarterback. So as they look towards this next draft, and they'll be thinking about it, I think this season quite a bit, they get off to a rough start. All of a sudden, you got to be saying, okay, how are we going to get into the top five next year so that we can get a Drake May, maybe an outside shot at a Caleb Williams? Because then all of a sudden, you look at this team and you go, wow, they, they've got a great shot because of all that talent around them. So I think that's a calculus that they've got to take uh, into consideration uh, as well. So I like Falcons under four and a half at eight to one. Um, Judah, any more for you? Yeah, I got one more. That's the Broncos under six and a half at plus 210. Uh, this is something I think we spoke about on previous podcasts. But again, it, it's all about starting the expectation. This was a four-win team last year that I think like fundamentally was probably a four-win team. Like they were a terrific offense. <laughs> Sean Payton's good, sure. Do I think he's three wins worth good? Probably not. Uh, and like if I'm backing uh, Russell Wilson to just kind of play at the same level and he's been on the decline for multiple years, uh, especially this is a team that you lose Jerry Judy, who's been uh, injured pretty often. Uh, all of a sudden, the wide receiver depth is gone. It's not a particularly strong defense. And I'm going to get plus 210 for like Russell Wilson, uh, who really did nothing to impress last year and showed no signs that like, oh, actually, maybe I'm still good. Uh, I, I'll take this at plus 210. Uh, I don't think Sean Payton is worth three wins. He's lost weight, though, Judah. Haven't you seen that? Right, right. That, that's... Right yeah, that's important. He's maybe be more mobile. He's not Kevin that's James. He's... <laughs> Brad, what else do you got for us? Anything else? I got one more throw in. Uh, same thesis as all of all the unders, I suppose. Um, Packers under five and a half. I am a little bit scared here. You're betting against an organization. I, I do think to a degree you can kind of bet on organizations in this sport, um, at least from a just a floor ceiling perspective sometimes. Um, but, I mean – if Jordan loves bad, which I think there is no evidence that he's good. There's no evidence, I guess, that he's bad either. Um, but but we really don't know right now. Yes, everyone fell in love with Christian Watson last year because he had a couple explosive games, was still very inconsistent, had a lot of drops, was not, you know, maybe a, a bona fide number one receiver. Um, the offensive line is is, is shaky with health, um, has good players on it, but all those players have torn their ACL in the last 24 months. Um, and the defense 
has talent. It has never mattered. Uh, they kept their defensive coordinator uh, for the, for this season for, for an unexplicable reason. You know, it's tough because the schedule is probably not too difficult. The division's not very good. But if you think the bottom is going to fall out there, um, you know, th- then maybe they go under that and you get, I think it's plus 270, plus 265, excuse me, on the under five and a half. Yeah, uh, I like that one as well. By the way, I'll mention this because I talked about the Texans under two and a half being 10 to one. Uh, bets out there that have shorter odds than that. The Rams to go under two and a half is just nine to one. And the uh, I found this one to be interesting. The Kansas City Chiefs, this might be the most unbettable um, of the alt win totals, but under seven and a half for the Chiefs is nine to one. Just uh, ran because I was thinking about this. Like, what is the the least bettable alt win total? Can you guys do better than than Chiefs under seven and a half at nine to one? What has to happen for them to win seven or fewer games? Someone's got to go. More than Mahomes and Reed. But I'm saying, like, I think even. If you replace Mahomes, I mean, who's their backup now? It's uh, Blaine Gabbert, I think. Who knows? I think it's Blaine so, Gabbert because it was, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Gabbert. It, it, like, I still think he could, like, Andy Reid could probably carry him to eight wins. Yeah. Even like Shane Bouchel. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to go after Reid and, and Mahomes. <laughs> I yeah, agree. I, I agree. You have to lose both. <laughs> I think so too, right? I mean, because you, you've <laughs> got to basically have Mahomes get injured like first, you know, series of the season. And then mm-hmm. you've got, you know, like Reed has to go, I don't know, like 10 to 10 to Mahomes and nurse him back to health so he can't coach the rest of the year either. Um, which would be incredible. I, I'll close out. I, I have one more um, that I liked. And, and this is something that we've talked about uh, in the past, which is, um, you know, the NFC and particularly the NFC West and where everyone is is certainly a big fan of the 49ers and they're the favorite to win there there's some huge questions about their quarterback and look we've seen them be really really strong with Kyle Shanahan but we've also seen them be not so strong and so actually instead of betting the 49ers kind of either way the way that I'm going to bet this is with the Seahawks because I think there's um, a way that certainly even if the Niners are just mediocre that the Seahawks benefit from that we look also at the Rams. I think there's a chance that that they're really, really bad. And then uh, simultaneously, you see the Seahawks with a lot of really young players who played really well last year. And so you'd expect them to only improve. Um, you have, uh, I think, strength at the wide receiver position that just got stronger with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, and this is obviously a bet a little bit on um, Geno Smith as well. But they're over 10 and a half. It's plus 175. Yeah, I like that. I would also make a case for over 12 and a half. That's five to one if you're looking for a little bit of a bigger payoff. Um, by the way, these are all on DraftKings. I think I mentioned, so you can go check them out yourself. And I'm sure we'll discuss more in the uh, in the Discord, which I mentioned earlier. You can go check that out. Uh, the link, it will post it on Twitter and you can find it in the description of the YouTube video if you're watching it there. All right, let's talk a little bit about these um, team season specials. So these are on FanDuel Sportsbook, um, and they kind of got them by team. Uh, and I'll give you kind of a flavor of, of what some of these are. Um, so, for example, if you look at the, the Baltimore Ravens, you have Baltimore Ravens score one-plus touchdown every regular season game, Lamar Jackson to throw 30-plus passing touchdowns, Lamar Jackson to score 10-plus rushing touchdowns, Ravens to beat the Bengals on the road and at home, sweep the, the regular season series, um, Baltimore Ravens to reach AFC Championship game. So you, they've kind of compiled these 
all together. And there's some interesting ones uh, that are out there. So we'll take a look at these um, and kind of go around the horn just as we did previously. Judah, let's start with you. Yeah. I mean, maybe Brad was a little bit skeptical of Christian Watson, but one I really like is Christian Watson to score 10 plus uh, 10 plus touchdowns at plus 500. Uh, This was a guy who had a 31% target share in the red zone, which was, I think, top five in the NFL last year, uh, which I assume to be somewhat sticky in the sense that they're probably, number one, he's open a bunch, and two, uh, they're probably scheming some targets for him, especially with jump balls. And he's a guy that can score from anywhere on the field. Uh, And we saw that, you know, with Jordan Love, actually, on the the Sunday night game, you can score from 70 yards out. I love that combination uh, of, you know, a guy who can score one or two touchdowns from a long way out and then a player who teams are going to scheme targets to, uh, to, and he's, he's a talented player. He's good in contested catches uh, in so far as those are, are sticky year to year. Uh, he certainly has the build for it at plus 500. I really like that one. No, I would say like, I, I'm not even sure I'm saying I, I like that bet. It's more, you know, I don't know if he can be a 1300. No, 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 but it's like, I'm almost like it, it almost aligns where it's like, and also that could come into a lot of garbage time touchdowns and things of that nature as well. Like he's a big play guy, but I don't know if he's going to get you six catches a game. Um, anyway, I uh, know I, I, I take no offense. We're all here to win money. I'm trying to fade the Packers any way possible. Um, so another guy we'll probably talk about a little bit on this show. Um, I went with Miami Dolphins with Jalen Phillips to record 10 plus sacks in the regular season. I can tell Judah maybe has eye on that one. Uh, that is plus 140 on here. So, um, he was 12th for us in pass rush win rate, uh, was top 15 in pressure rate as well. Um, actually, if you believe that sacks are kind of an, uh, a skill, obviously we think they're largely random, but maybe there is some signal to finishing. Um, you know, he, he's had good sack production, maybe not great sack production, but solid his first two seasons, of the NFL, um, you now bring in Vic Fangio, Bradley Chubb. You probably didn't really get to see the full Miami dolphins defense with Bradley Chubb in the fold after that trade last year. Um, and, and I think you just, you, you're going to get a better secondary with Jalen Ramsey, everything else they've done on the back end. And, and I think Vic Fangio is going to get him a lot of coverage sacks, but also going to dial some things up, um, you know, stunts, d- different things to get him really teed off on opposing quarterbacks. No more Melvin Ingrams, maybe even plays a little bit more as well. Um, although he does log a good amount of snaps, which is also why I like this. He is a, a true three down guy, so to speak. Uh, so yeah, Jalen Phillips over 10 sacks, which is plus 140 or 10 plus 10 plus. I like it. Um, by the way, looking at some of these, and there's some interesting stuff uh, out here that you'll see. If you look at the Chiefs, um, it's kind of funny because everything here is like basically even money, um, but it's like, you know, still kind of crazy stuff, right? It's like Mahomes, you know, 40 plus uh, passing touchdowns plus 115. Uh, Chris Jones record 10 plus sacks minus 140. Um Kansas City to score a touchdown in every single regular season game is minus 200. Even Isaiah Pacheco to score 10 plus rushing touchdowns is plus 150. Um, so I'm, I'm not going there. Um, I'm going to continue going towards some like out, um, some, some kind of crazy numbers, but ones that I, I think could uh, in the realm of possibility happen. And I'm going to go to Brad's Chicago Bears. So Justin Fields to score 15 plus rushing touchdowns in the regular season is 16 to 1. Um, this is interesting because he's his uh, odds of throwing 30 plus they've got at five to one. I, I think that, that there's a legit shot that he's got a better chance at scoring 15 rushing touchdowns than he does uh, throwing 30 passing touchdowns. So I'm just kind of taking that based on the fact that I think those are unevenly priced. Obviously scoring 15 would be insane. He's got to have a couple of games where he gets like three plus. Um, but there's, I think two things going for him here. The first is, 
um, that there's probably not a better um, athlete playing quarterback in the NFL um, besides him. Maybe you could put Lamar Jackson up there, but dude is absolutely electric. Um, I think they're going to take a page out of the um, the Eagles playbook this year. I think getting Justin Fields, um, you know, to, to get some of those QB sneaks across the goal line makes a lot of sense for them as opposed to putting them in a position to throw the ball, turn around and hand it off. Um, so I think he benefits from that a little bit. Um, so kind of a crazy one, but, uh, I will take Brad. You're welcome. I've just jinxed Justin Fields. There's no way that he, uh, scores 15. Um, Julia, you're up next. Yeah. Well, I definitely had my eye on that, that Jalen Phillips one, but another one I really like is Dak Prescott to score five plus rushing touchdowns in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So at first, I think just to set the tone, Prescott had six rushing touchdowns in each of his first three years. Granted, he's dealt with a bunch of injuries. Uh, since then, I think he's fully healthy this offseason. But really, this bet is about a team that lost Ezekiel Elliott, who was, say what you will about Elliott, they really bruised him in the in the red zone. He got a bunch of carries down there. I don't see Tony Pollard, especially coming off injury, or 5-5 Deuce Vaughn as kind of being that uh, back that they, they want to use in, in goal-to-go situations. I think we're going to see a lot more, uh, especially on the one-yard line of Dak Sneaks uh, and even just areas like they did in the wild card game. Uh, of options for for Prescott to score. Uh, he's done it in the past at plus 650. I really like this one. Yeah, yeah I like that one a lot. Yeah, and, and I think too is that you lose the goal line, you know, Ezekiel Elliott component, and like Dak is the guy, not Pollard, not Deuce Vaughn. Like he's yeah. he's the guy that, that'll, that'll fill yeah. that in. So Yeah, he has that body yeah, type. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, all right. I got another one that I uh, I had to make sure to check, and I was actually surprised the odds lined up. I didn't want it to be a sucker bet. Uh, again, fading the Green Bay Packers. You can bet the Jets will make the playoffs and the Packers will miss the playoffs at plus 150. You can't actually parlay, uh, you know, like these these futures on DraftKings, but I was just curious if I par- if I parlay the minus 240 of Packers to miss. Um, wait, shit, did I do that wrong? No, bad radio. I may have calculated it wrong in the, on the fly, but I was trying to calculate what the odds would be. No, no, I did it right. All right. Great radio. Maybe cut that Ethan. We'll see. Uh, so basically if you actually parlay the two bets, you get the same payout. It's plus 150 either way. So I just figured maybe DraftKings would put this in there and give you terrible value. It does align with their actual make miss playoffs value. If you think those lines are fairly set. So nevertheless, uh, it is jets to make the playoffs Packers to miss the playoffs plus 150 like that what do you think about that one Gina? yeah um i i think i look i mean the the packers are a big question mark as we as we've said um but i think that's almost just betting on two likely outcomes uh i don't hate it like the the jets should be in a good position to to make the playoffs um and the packers are a huge question mark at plus money i i do like it you got any more for us Gina? no no i got those three Awesome. Um, all right. Let's, uh, before we get out of here, quick reminder, go use promo code forecast to get 25% off on a PFF plus subscription. You can get that on PFF.com or on the PFF app. Um, get you through fantasy season, some new fantasy tools coming your way this year, which you'll definitely want to get, uh, take advantage of. Um, and then of course, all the betting content and tools throughout the entire season, our player props tool, our best bets tool, the whole thing. Um, and it'll take you through free agency and draft next year, plus access, unfettered access to the PFF NFL mock draft sim. Um, so go get that uh, PFF plus subscription, 25% off, promo code forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T. 
ASAP. All right. Now, before we get out of here, we are, of course, a basketball podcast, um, thanks to our performance in game one. So uh, we're like 20, 19 minutes away from tip, Brad. Uh, we've got the Heat plus eight, total of 216. I believe the total close was at 219, 219 and a half. Um, we we hammered the under, um, and it was um, it was a very, very good bet. The kind of thesis there being that the Heat, good defensive team, but had been just shooting lights out on these wide open threes. Uh, they went like one for 19 or something, at least in the first half um, on those. Drews went over nine. Uh, you know, it was it was a kind of disaster. So what are you looking at uh, either here in game two or remainder of the series? Yeah, so it was in large part due to the, um, you know, just missing open shots. But also, like I mentioned, this Nuggets are never having a bad defense, but both teams are very slow in pace of play. And I think you saw that. There were a lot of 20-second possessions throughout the entire game. And that's also going to happen, you know, in crunch time in, in an NBA final. So I honestly don't hate the under again. I think the Heat are going to come out and play a very constricted, slow the pace down, do not let the, the Nuggets run, um, and, and try to make it a half-court basketball game because I think they might view that as their way of winning. I think once you saw Aaron Gordon start to run and Michael Porter Jr. start to run out a little bit, like that's when the lead went from 10 to 20 and kind of got out of hand. Um, so if anything, I'm, I'm hitting the uh, under here again. Yeah, I was actually surprised it didn't um... – it didn't move by more than than three points. Um, it was kind of surprising to me. I, I think there's some interesting kind of takeaways from from the first game. Obviously, that the Heat I thought offensively played about as poorly as you could outside of Bam out of Bio. So yeah, you know, it, it was kind of a game for a while. Obviously, it ended up not being a game by the by the end of it. Um, but a few more threes go down for them. I, I kind I can get behind plus eight. Um, I'm also I'm looking for the first half number. Um, I don't know why I can't find it right now. Um, but the first half I think is interesting to me, just because to your point, uh, the Heat are going to come out, and they I think this is a must-win game for them, right? So they've got to come out and and just be, um, you know, kind of dynamite in 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 this first half, or else, um, you know, playing from behind, there's just not much of a shot for them. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting is, is what they try and do with Jokic. He just killed them so much with the pass. And I wonder if they try and make him a score. So as I talked about before that 27 and a half, it was kind of surprising that he even got to 27 points in last game. He didn't even have to play much offense. Um, but I could see them challenging him to score. And I think he will, uh, if they, if they do right. Um, as opposed to letting anyone else, um, beat them. So, um, I think this is obviously a big game for for the Heat. So I like that first half. Maybe a little Jokic over. Um, we'll see if Jimmy Bucket's ankle is uh is good enough to to make some magic happen. Um, Judah, anything else uh from you? Any baseball bets that we need to know about? No, no baseball bets. I mean, the White Sox are still two fifty to one. Not much has changed there. It's still very early in the season. Yeah. Uh, this is a team that when they did just sweep the the Tigers. Um, this is a team that. If all the talent uh, kind of plays to their potential uh, and they're finally healthy, you don't get 250 to ones that can actually win the win the World Series. And I, this is a team that was 16 to one preseason, uh, and not not much has changed. I'm a, still a sucker for the 250 to one. But look, we're a basketball podcast. We gotta just follow Ben Brown and the WNBA. I mean, that is like the that's the definition of the of the printing press. Uh, just just ride it, and we'll be uh, we'll be rich men.
Yeah, it's it's a great point. We had, if you haven't listened to that episode, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we had Ben Brown on. He talked us through his model. Uh, as I mentioned, he's been posting a PDF in the Printing Press Discord with what the model likes on a daily basis. We are a basketball podcast. We are a Phoenix Mercury podcast. Um, we'll continue to be that way uh, throughout the entire season. Um, obviously, golf bets as well. Our guy, Victor Hovland, came through. I think he was 20-ish to one uh to win so just a week late uh a couple weeks late but um yeah either way uh cool to see him win uh, we'll be back on wednesday evening um maybe we'll begin the uh the division previews uh, at that point brad who knows um we'll keep teasing it uh until then so you just have to show up we appreciate you guys hanging out uh, if you enjoyed the podcast please share it um it's the best way uh to keep this thing growing and we appreciate you guys hanging out with us peace